Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire Reordenverse. What's up, guys? Hi. Welcome back to the damn snack bar. This is episode 145. 145? Camp Half-Blood's Mary Jane operation now has an underwater distribution center. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> yes, so this is covering chapters 17 to 20? No, 21 to 24 of I'm Mark of Athena. Oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Are we yeah. halfway? In Leo's perspective, I think we are. Slay and not slay at the same time. I think we are. Um, Joe, how did you feel about this? Section? Oh my goodness, it's Leo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. I don't know. It was interesting. Was it? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> wow, Joe, it's more convincing. <laughs> I don't know. It was like okay, so we got some background information, some clarification on some facts. Well, technically, I already knew what they were because I've read the books, but <laughs> so. What? If I was reading it for the first time, it would have been like, oh, new information. Um, this, this is brand new well, information. So the first two chapters, I was like, okay, cool, uh, another flashback. I thought we were done with them. Okay, but we're getting uh, more clarification on yes, some old storylines. Why does he look like Sammy so much? I mean, to anyone reading, it should have been super obvious that he was related to Sammy, even before we found this out. <laughs> I was like, nobody just like looks and acts that much alike anywho um literally yeah considering they had the same last name i was like i don't know who could it be i was was like what do you think his lineage is it's just extra ridiculous because like he knows that his great-grandfather's name is sam yeah and you're like really you didn't put and then he knows that fucking i was about to call her lorelei he knows that hazel's from the past yeah. Put your brain cells Honestly, together. Stupid. Let them rub together just a little bit. You didn't have to gaze into each other's eyes and hold hands to figure that out. You could have just been like, oh yeah. And give Frank an aneurysm. <laughs> Honestly, Frank's there like, oh, I'm not gonna die alone. <laughs> you can't even keep a girlfriend for two days. God. <laughs> Poor Frank. He's only like, I didn't even make it a week. <laughs> it took me two months to talk to her. <laughs> Anyway, so it was like two weeks. He wasn't there that long, was he? I don't know. Either way, so the first two chapters is that situation, and then the last two chapters, I actually kind of enjoyed because I thought they were quite funny. As soon as as he started interacting with the fish horse people, I was like, "This, this is top tier comedy right here." Bill, Bill the Bill the Warrior. I was like, "This is good stuff." I was like, and good juxtaposition where it's like, yeah, the big scary guy is the home economics teacher. He teaches knitting and he teaches <laughs> home baking and he teaches manners and handwriting. Yeah. Oh, Underwater people are savages. I was like, yeah, this is the cutest. I love it so much. They're all very important life skills. And his name is Afros and he has an Afro. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. It's just a lot of stupid little jokes like that that I was like, <laughs> this is my as a human. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so before we get into the rest of the episode then, we do have an email and a message. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. So, the email. It says, hi, lovely ladies. My name is Ellen. I'm 16 and a daughter of Athena, exclamation point. Slay that. This is a book for you. <laughs> I love your podcast and I've only been listening since the beginning of your Lost Hero episodes. Thank I don't god. know why. Don't go back. I don't know why, but I assumed you were starting with Heroes of Olympus until I scrolled back and realized you've covered basically almost all of the Ryan verse so far. In parentheses, the episode number should have clued me in, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Charles and Athena who? <laughs> so now... Oh. <laughs> I know. Sorry. So now I'm so excited to go listen to your Kane Chronicles episodes especially because that's my favorite series. Exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, God. She's a Sadie's favorite character. Wondering <laughs> if you guys are going to cover Chalice of the Gods now that it's out and it's technically next in the timeline after Heroes, question mark. XXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXX
then Trials, and then Son of the Star. Oh. That's technically the timeline. Okay, okay, okay. Kane and Magnus are, like, interspersed in there. Mm. I tried explaining it to Blana the other day. I was, I was like, the say. first two Kane books are at the same time as the first two Heroes book and then the books. And then the last Kane book is at the same time as the last Heroes book. And then the first Do two... Do you mean Olympian? What? Do you mean... No, I mean Heroes. As in this series? Yes. But I thought the last Kane book was set at the same time as last Olympian. No. No, it is not. And then really? the first two Magnus books are set at the same time as the first two Trials books, and the last Magnus book is set at the same time as the last Trials book. Yeah. So I was like, don't... Yeah, it's... The timeline's a bit fucked. Well, either way, we didn't follow it. <laughs> no, we did not, because we, we wanted to read we Magnus. We did whatever the fuck we wanted. So, yes, in answer to your question, yes, Magnus. after we're finished with Blood of Olympus, we will read Chalice of the Gods... In the meantime, though, I'm going to read Chalice of the Gods because it just came out. Jo is not interested. Too much for her brain to handle. It's not that I'm not interested. I'm it very interested. Life. It's very much that it's too much for my brain to handle. Yes. So I will read it. Also, I, I have do... this stupid habit where it's like, I need Kate to read it first to tell me if it's good. <laughs> and then I will read it. <laughs> so I'll probably end up doing a solo episode like I did for The Sun and the Star. It'll be a short one. It'll just be me going like, oh my god, and then this happened. And we already have confirmation of a second book in that trilogy happening, but by the time that comes out, we'll be well and truly past. I'm we'll tired of this, Grandpa! We'll get to trials at that point, so that's going to be really annoying to try and upload it at the right like time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, not the point. Oh god, not looking forward to trials. <laughs> not gonna lie. It's going to take a long time. Oh, so yeah, thank you, Ellen, for your email. Very lovely of you. If anybody else wants to send us an email, then we are dancemicropod.outlook.com. So, the other message that we have became at a special request from our uncle because we had dinner with him last weekend. And he asked us how it was going and then asked us, or he actually found out about our podcast at that dinner. I'm pretty sure we've told him multiple times. We have. (laughs) And then this is the uncle whose daughter we've mentioned on here and slandered (laughs) a little bit and didn't tell a lie. I didn't fib about it. I told everybody how she broke her knee while doing the hula from Lilo and Stitch. And she was in crutches for three years. And I just wanted to say, my uncle, her dad, was very supportive of us telling that story. Yeah. He really felt everybody needed to know. And so he really thought it lived up to yeah. its comedy. Yeah. It's very fun. So, to our dear cousin, I'm not going to name names, but you know who you are. Sucked in. <laughs> Love from your dad. Okay. Let's move on. all right so joe do you want to give us a recap let's begin the episode yes (laughs) okay so we start off in recap it's time for a recap yay God. I'm just imagining you like auto tuning that to me, like recap. It's time for a recap. I don't know how to do that. Imagine if you did though. You could make it like no, don't no. no. <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah, I don't know how to do that though. Yeah, that's how that came out. Anywho, though. <laughs> I'm a fine. I, I know mind. it is. But I, think I thought I was showing my age there. I was like, Christ. <laughs> 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 you know, you had to explain it to me. <laughs> I love that. That's I was so like, funny. there's not that much time between us, you know. God. Call me out. No, okay. it's that stupid kid with the basketball to the face. And you're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> be like, I'll Correct. kick you in the throat. <laughs> he'll just make that noise. No, he'll go, which reminds me of a certain camp later on. Okay, now. Hit <laughs> <laughs> it, Joe. What so have we got? Jokes. Okay, so we start off this segment in Leo's perspective. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's them zooming away. Well, actually, it's him having a <laughs> phrase. It's, so it's in his perspective. So we're hearing his inner minologue. Inner minologue. Um, in a monologue of him having a pity party for himself, and you're like, shut the fuck up. He has those daily, hourly even. God, minutely. So if he sees something he's not a part of, he's like, oh, what with me? He's literally just like, he's like, oh my god, feel bad for me because I'm 
just so pity worthy. Oh my god, <laughs> you're alone for life. <laughs> oh, to have no friend. What a loser. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's so annoying. He constantly talks about how he's like, I am the seventh wheel and I'm ostracized from the group. And then he follows along to say, but I'm really not comfortable around people and I just like to be alone by myself. And you're like, you can't have it both ways. (laughs) Shut the fuck up or you will no longer be allowed to (laughs) record. I don't want to hear it! (laughs) Sucky, sucky, la la. (laughs) (sighs) Anywho. I like saying that phrase. God. We should honestly make a t-shirt out of that. Um, maybe we go to segments or like change the subject by going, uh, nobody, nobody ever, joke. Anywho! <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> Anywho! <laughs> so, yes, Leo's having a pity party for himself is it, as his inner monologue and nobody gives two fucks because everybody else works just as hard as Leo does. Um, and they're all like, no, we're good. And he's like, I'm dying. Because <laughs> like, my ship is dying. <laughs> he's like, I'm emotionally damaged. And you're like, you fucking preach to the choir, cockknob. And uh, they're zooming away on the waters. And he's going, oh, God, and we were flying away. And Frank dropped me on the sand. I mean, he was nearly shot with a cannon. So, you know, but how, how dare he drop me? <laughs> you're like... He's like, fuck it, hell, Leo. Oh. You selfish cow. <laughs> Moving on. Literally. Oh, Such a turd. And he's like, I have to get back to my You know what's baby. the most annoying part? His face. <laughs> His voice. His general demeanor. It's a rhetorical question. Oh, sorry. I was going to answer it. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, my selfish brain would be having the same thoughts in that moment. Oh, like, they fucking dropped me. So I hate that, that I'm relating to Leo in this moment. I think my thoughts would just be like, oh my god, I didn't die. Hang on. Oh, I'd be fucking mad. I think I would be like, there was a plan and you didn't stick. You diverted from the plan. I was nearly shot. You'd be like, doesn't matter, you let go. Oh, yay. I I asked you specifically. Yeah, that's how I feel. Anyways, oh, I should remember we have trivia dinner tomorrow night. That we do. Slay potato for days. Right. So he's having his self pity party, and then they eventually get far enough away that they're no longer being followed by the Roman legion because they refuse to cross into the Mare Nostrum, whatever it's called. The Mare Nostrum. That one. The Mare Nostral. Yep. <laughs> the horse's do. nose. The horse's nose. They don't want to cross into it because it's too dongerous. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's for those who are not familiar with my turn of phrase, it means dangerous. Dongerous? <laughs> Jackie Donger. <laughs> Becky. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I want to tell the group, but then I'm like, no. That's your one that you're on. And then I want to slip. No, I didn't even finish it, though. Oh, it's the best bit. Fine. No, I can't say it now. It's too prompted. It's got to come naturally. You are not allowed to say it again. This is not how you are getting it. Joe has been pissing me off <laughs> all fucking afternoon. It is one fucking phrase from fucking New Girl. No, that it's been saying all fucking day. You see, you're supposed to be a true fan and know what it's from. You sloppy <laughs> boo Shut up. Ah, ah, she hit me. I told you I would. You broke the rules. You've done it twice. I gave you one. It's, it's not my fault you didn't finish it's it. It's so catchy, though. Technically, I was finishing it. I didn't even see the first bit. That's not my fault. Oh, God. You sloppy boo God, she literally left the house at 10 to 7 this morning, saying it on her way out the door. The fucking first thing she says to me when she gets back home is that. 
And I was like, are you fucking I kidding me? I started up with, I couldn't say it at work today. <laughs> I don't. Because <laughs> we're in a workplace and that's inappropriate. The fact that 12 hours didn't let it out of your head. I'm going to you. No, it's too catchy. Move on. It's funny as fuck. Shut up. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna dream about it tonight. <laughs> Good, as long as I'm not gonna be That's four. So they make it into the horse's nostril. They're all exhausted. Percy and, and Frank, Percy and Jason, have overexerted themselves. So exerted. By summoning the waves and the storm. Let's be real. Jason did jack shit. He's had a concussion this whole time. He just put his hands up and was like, I'm doing it. And Percy's like, I'm he's pushing, bitch. You're just going, You're just going, Nothing's coming out. So. Shit, you pants much. <laughs> anyway, um, he's clenching rather than releasing. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they're chilling and they go, "Oh my gosh, we are now in safe central zones." And everybody decides, "Okay, now that we're coasting, let's uh, let's put in the new coordinates for where we need to go." I forget where the coordinates are. Where the and uh, who got them and where they're going. But I do remember that they put them Annabeth in. got them. Annabeth got them and they're going to... Rome? <laughs> no, they're going to the camp. They're going to Chiron's brothers. Oh, they actually... Okay. Yes. Alright. Alright. <laughs> That's where they're going. And then on the way there... On the way there, so... While Coach is steering the ship. Okay, so yes... They punch in the numbers to go to the their spare weed distillery, and um, on their yes, on their way there, which they say it's going to be a two-hour trip before they get there. So yeah. they're like, okay, well, that's time for it's nap time, breather time, snack break. Let's go, snack break, indeed. Coach is like, okay, well, I'll steer the ship, and yeah. <laughs> Leo's like, sure, it's self-driving, okay, <laughs> and they have to stay in the water because whatever's broken that gets them up in the sky, so won't let them fly. Only Fess is still in his wings. And in their time out, Hazel goes, you know what? Let's solve this puzzle. I'm sick of looking at you like you're a ghost and vice versa. Yeah. And so they hold hands and go back in time in one of her flashbacks and discover that they see a little scene of Sammy and Hazel. Uh, Sammy rescuing Hazel from some bullies and picking up one of her di- her cursed diamonds, and then there's a flash cut to Leo's now dream, dream, memory, memory, memory. and it's of Sammy at a very 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 old age, still holding on. No, he just didn't. He's not holding onto the diamonds, but he's still holding onto the memories of Hazel, and he's going, "Oh my Hazel, we never got to meet again." And we shan't ever be together again. Oh, look, Leo, here's my nephew. <laughs> nephew? Grandson. <laughs> Great grandson. But he does say, um, you are my replacement or something like that? Yeah, because he says that he had a conversation with Gaia. Or yeah. had been communicating with Gaia. So he Hera? With Hera. Who was Kalita? Hera. 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 Been communicating with Hera. Yeah. That he was going to miss out on Hazel. And so that was why he was like, um, I regret selling the diamond to buy a house and a future for myself because it meant that I'm never going to see you again. And I was like, well, actually, she died way before that. So yeah, well and truly. You shouldn't have to worry, actually. The diamond wasn't cursed. By the time he sold it, it was just a diamond. Yeah. There you go. It's just a rock. She was dead. <laughs> she was dead. Dead. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that happened. And then they break out of their... Um, flashback that's the word i was looking for they break out of their flashback and they have like an epiphany moment where they stare into each other's eyes and go oh my god that's how we're connected whoa you were in love with my great-grandfather that's fucking weird yeah. <laughs> i ain't spending any more time on it because every day 3.5 australians are killed by crocs in the northern territory <laughs> 
That's a Bob Carter quote. I don't even know if it's a true quote. I'm just, it's... it's no, it is. It. I've seen it in the interview. <laughs> I've seen the original interview. I was like, what the fuck? I ain't spending any more time. What? <laughs> he's talking real sensitive. He was talking, like, someone asked him about the um, vote for gay marriage. He was like, a little thousand blossoms bloom. But I spending any more time. What? He's like, I talk about marriage. Crocs are dying. No, people are dying from Crocs. Very Australian. He's very ochre. Okay, so yes, the ship's attacked. The ship is then attacked. Because Rio, the dum-dum, forgot to switch from radar to sonar. Yes, everybody is thrown into chaos because of a monster that's attacking them. Keto Spitz sent her beloved babies after their ship. Yes. Leo Shrimpzilla. Shrimpzilla. A.K.A. the Scolopendra. Mm-hmm. So, let me lay some knowledge on you, Joe. There's not actually a whole lot about the Scolopendra. So, basically, it's a gargantuan, which means giant, sea monster with a flat crayfish-like tail and webbed feet lining its flanks, so its sides. Uh, it's said to be the size of a Greek terrain, so it's about the same size as a shippy. Uh, it has numerous legs along its body, which it uses like oars to move. Yeah. So it's basically copycatting a ship right now. Mm-hmm. And it has extremely long hairs that protrude from its nostrils. I know. Uh, some people thought it was a kind of whale, but it's it's not. Evidently. Yeah. It's said to be the largest monster born to uh, Forkies and Keto, and it's often associated with the Kraken. Now, I have some images for you because I know you like visual representation I do look at what this looks like none of them are the same no it's a terrible description this one the top one looks like that fish with the bulb that hangs over the top that Just chases looks like the a bulb. catfish with a bit more legs yes it does look like a catfish that's very good I like these ones because they all look like centipedes which is actually more accurate I feel especially because they're calling Creepy. it a shrimp and then the fact that it looks like centipedes is actually very interesting because there are a bunch of centipedes that live now that are called scolopendras. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very large Basically, centipedes. so this is just the dinosaur version of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know how... That's like wombats used to be fucking huge. Yeah. And now they're these baby little things the size of dogs. You know in Journey to Centre of the Earth 2, they're going down to get Captain Nemo's diary and there's that centipede that's like crawling in and out and through like the eyes of skulls and whatever and then it jumps out at vanessa hudgens yes that's a scolopendra basically a giant centipede um so it's the largest species and it's found in tropical climates it can exceed 30 centimeters long um and it's they're the largest living ones in the world so they can deliver a very painful bite and inject venom through their forcupulaes which are their their pincers at the front, um, which are not fangs or other mouth parts, but they're actually just legs that are on their face. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, So they're active predators. They feed primarily on insects and other centipedes or invertebrates, but the larger ones... cannibalistic? Yeah. The larger ones have been observed preying on frogs, tarantulas, lizards, birds, snakes, rodents, and bats. Wow. Yeah. And then two of the species of, there's like hundreds of species of Scolopendra. Two of them are amphibious. So that means they can run and walk and swim. Right. Uh, and they can travel underwater. Mm. And also the it's venom. Terrifying. The venom of most Scolopendras is not medically significant, but bites can cause a very intense and long lasting pain and lots of sweat. And these are real creatures. Yes. In our world. Yes. Nowadays. In tropical climates. Ugh. Yes. So that is the Scolopendra. Can I now tell you what I thought based on... Because we don't find out that it is the Scolopendra until, like, the fourth chapter in this section. Yeah. It's not given a name. All we're given is a um, description, right? Let me find the description. I'm going to read it out. And then I'm going to tell you what monster I thought it was. Is it? Well, I, well, I'll tell you what monster I thought it was before you do it. Sure. Um, I thought it was, well, I most got it um, similar with, you know, the shot in Avatar Way of Water with the Tolkoon up sideways and you see its full body? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I imagined. Like, size-wise and general shape-wise, that's what I imagined. And then I imagine you see its actual front and it's got tentacles all down the front of it. 
Oh, well, like, you know, right, yeah. little clories all down the front, like like caterpillar legs all down its front and belly. Yeah. But, like, it's still got flippers to the side. Right. And it's that sort of size. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is the description that Leo gives. He says, The thing was the length of their ship. In the moonlight, it looked like a cross between a giant shrimp and a cockroach with a pink shittinous shell, a flat crayfish tail, and millipede-type legs undulating hypnotically as the monster scraped against the hull of the Argo 2. Its head surfaced last, the slimy pink face of an enormous catfish with glassy dead eyes, a gaping toothless maw and a forest of tentacles sprouting from each nostril, uh, making the bushiest nose beard Leo had ever had the displeasure to behold. Okay, so based on that, I ignored the fact that he had a, a shrimp body, right, with the centipede legs, whatever. I ignored all of that, and I just focused on the pink, slimy head, tentacles coming out of the bottom of the face. So I was picturing Cthulhu, which, if anyone's seen Futurama, there's a guy, one of the characters, I think it's in Futurama. Oh! One of the characters is, like, pink with a little squiddy yeah. face down the bottom. He's kind of like Cthulhu, but Cthulhu is just one sea monster that somebody invented um, for their book in, like, the 1800s. And then since then, everybody's run with it and gone, it's a real sea monster. And it's technically, like, a very new sea monster, just for the purpose of one book. So, this is what Cthulhu looks like. Oh, yeah. Basically humanoid with humanoid. Like, yeah. you think Davy Jones. Humanoid yeah. with, like, a octopus face. That's kind of what he looks like, but he's massive. See, he's huge looking compared to a person. Yeah. He's huge. <laughs> so, yes. Um, he was a fictional entity created by H.P. Lovecraft and introduced in his story called The Call of Cthulhu. Uh, and he's described as a monster of vaguely anthropoid outline, but with an octopus-like head whose face was a mass of feelers, a scaly, rubbery-looking body, prodigious claws on hind and four feet, and long, narrow wings behind him. Um, and it's said that he is so terrible to look at that he destroys the sanity of anybody who looks at him. So he doesn't even need to. And if you survive, then he will kill you anyway. Because he's so massive, it'll just step on you. Yeah. You know? Um, and he is characterized as a priest or a leader of the Old Ones, which is a species that came to Earth from the stars before humans arose. Um, and so with the Old Ones went dormant and their city slipped under Earth's crust beneath the Pacific Ocean. They communicated, communicated with humans by telepathy and in hidden corners of the world. Uh, uncivilized people remembered and worshipped Cthulhu in rites described as loathsome. Mm. So since then, this book has come out and people have turned Cthulhu into a real life, like, you know... There, you would have seen on like those TikTok videos that are like, yo ho, thieves and beggars. Yeah. There's one video that everybody uses as like quote unquote evidence of Cthulhu, which is just somebody f facing like the ocean and it's so foggy and so rainy you can't see anything, but like tiny little tentacles appear in like the distance. You would know the video, I'd show it to you. And everyone's like, oh my god, it's Cthulhu. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, since this book has come out, people have put Cthulhu into video games, into other books, into role-playing games, like, just as another kraken or another giant squid or another giant crab, like, those kinds of... It's just sea monster now. You know? Just scary. Just scary stuff. So, yeah, that's what I thought, um... I'm the monster sea was. Sea creatures are fucking weird. They are fucking weird. That's what I thought the monster was. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's all I have to say about those two. So, Joe, do you want to take it away? Huge. How do they defeat Scolopendra? So, Leo does what Leo does and sets it on fire. Fire! Fire, fire! <laughs> fire! Um, yeah, so, after he's then scolding himself out loud and um, Hedge has given him shit for not putting it in sonar mode... <laughs> To be like, go away, baddies. <laughs> and I'm not a demigod ship. Uh-uh, I've got the shield on. Um, he forgot to switch it over to Sona, which meant Mr. Monster attacked. Yeah. Snuck up on him. Got the drop on him. Got the drop on him. While Crazy. He's massive. Anyway, so everybody's coming up. And they're holding hands. And Frank got mad about it as if he didn't know that Sammy existed and what Sammy looked like. What a dickhead. Anyway, Rick, I mean, Rick's the dickhead because Frank would never act like that. No, Frank's not a jealous boy. He's not. 
he'd be like, oh, they're holding hands, and I just found out that they've been through a flashback, so obviously she's just told him who Sammy is. Yeah. God, it's not even competition, Frank. You're amazing. Leo sucks. You should know this. Big time. Big, big, big time. Anywho, so... Right, so everybody rushes up on deck. Piper's useless once again and gets nearly dragged overboard um, and just screams. <laughs> and screams as she goes, waiting for somebody to rescue her. And you're like, you've got a fucking knife. Pull it out and do something about it. I was like, and you can't blame your, I don't have any powers except my voice. Because Annabeth is there with literally, <laughs> literally no powers. <laughs> literally no powers. And she's, Ninja dodging and stabbing everything and doesn't get caught, so sucked in, Piper. <laughs> and um, Jason's fucking useless as well because he's too tired to lift his sword. And you're like, shut <laughs> You just had a two hour nap. You should feel better. <laughs> you should be well rested to bring everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And Percy's there, like, look, I can still fight, but I literally just got fully whopped by a 30 foot nostril. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna get you a trimmer for Christmas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was me being cozy. Right. Yeah, and so um, <laughs> Leo with it is left for, to be the one to think of a plan because everyone's occupied. And then Frank gets knocked overboard, and, and Hazel's distraught because she's like. Ah! <laughs> the best person ever this cute little pumpkin pie just got fully thrown overboard like Percy got thrown at least below deck he like hit the stairs and tumbled all the way down probably you know broke his neck didn't <laughs> go in that way no he's indestructible he could never um, and then yeah Frank got knocked overboard and fr- then Leo's solution was he went alright look around look around look around finds a box that specifically says, do not open. Warning, do not open. Hazel, open that box. Uh, no, it says do not open. Open it. <laughs> There's yeah. fire in there. Throwing oh, up Greek fire. And Piper's like, do you want to blow up the whole fucking ship? She's like, why do you have this? And Leo's like, do you want there to be a fucking ship left? That's really funny. It's just a really funny interaction. <laughs> Because I'm just picturing it, like, mid-battle. Why does she have this? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing it, like, mid-fight scene. (laughs) You told me to put it down! (laughs) Be a quieter robber! (laughs) Just really funny. What's that from? (laughs) That's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Gina, put the rain stick down! (laughs) Be a quieter robber! You told me to put it down! (laughs) Um... So, yes, Hazel's like, oh my god, this is fucking great fire! And he's like, yeah, let's blow this bitch up. And then they do, and then they drown. <laughs> yeah. Next scene. <laughs> um, Leo wakes up in a tomb. Well, not a tomb. It's just, it's just like a blockade. Well, basically a tomb. It's like a cave. I just find it really funny that he describes it. He's just like, we woke up in this cage. That was a cage that was, um, cave that was the size of a two-carport garage. <laughs> I was like, you got to compare it to something that's on your level. Yes, cars in a garage. That's what I'm good at. I was like, all right. That's his size range. Everybody else would be like, it was about this big. In, like, inches or foot or whatever. Yeah. And he's there like, you could probably fit a donkey in here. <laughs> like, that's his measuring style. Which <laughs> is one really funny. Who's this? Leo. He was like, yeah, it's about the size of a two-carport garage. <laughs> I was like, he'd be, like, measuring other places to be like, my bed. Well, you could probably fit a donkey on there. That's about how big it was. <laughs> right, Okay. Just his way of measuring things is hilarious. He's in a monologue. Anywho. Um, and it's Frank glaring at him going, yeah, it was all three of us. And then they took my favorite person away. And so now I'm just stuck with you. <laughs> and Leo's like, great. I love your company. This is great. <laughs> and Frank's like, yeah. Totally wasn't holding hands with your girlfriend 20 minutes ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, well, Leo's like, great, I love your company. And Frank was like, I was hoping you'd stay asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get out of here. You can go back to doing what you were doing. Yeah. And so they're just chilling and they have a heart-to-heart where... Leo. Oh Leo explains why they were holding hands and Frank goes, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So what, did you figure it out? Well, how the fuck do you guys know each other? <laughs> and he's like, well, my grandpa's in love with your girlfriend. <laughs> but he's done now. Sorry, my great-grandpa is in love with your girlfriend. <laughs> but he's a ghost, so, you know, she be right. Papers, no. He'd be like, she'd be right. So Frank's like, cool. So the competition's not here. <laughs> and once again, we're going to reiterate, Frank, there is no competition. Yeah. You, you have nothing to be worried yeah, about. Yeah, babe, you've got the floor. You all of it. You've got everything. Yeah. You've got the drop on Leo. You've got. <laughs> oh, and then they talk about fire. And you could drop Leo easy. <laughs> yeah. And then they talk about fire. Fire, fire, fire. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, why is Frank so intimidated? That's why. <laughs> yeah. So, as you guys know, Leo can set himself ablaze with the blink of an eye, and um, Frank's not a big fan of fire because he, you know, could die in an instant. And so he's like, mm-hmm. the way that I imagined Leo's whole body setting on fire in this scene is the way Jack Jack sets on fire. Yeah, because normally Leo's like, oh, a little bit of flame in my hand, like he doesn't set his whole body on fire. But yeah. this time, because he's only got that thin layer of air around him. Like his whole limbs become fire, so he's like, oh, and I imagine that he like walks around with his arms and his legs spread like Jack Jack does. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. That's so funny. I like that. That's hilarious. We're going to imagine it that way. And because he's walking around, Frank's there like, ah! Against <laughs> the cave walls, trying to get away from him. Get away! This is not a free car garage! Stay out of your car side! <laughs> Anyway. It's more like yeah. Anyway, and so yes, Leo is totally not paying attention. He's like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" So there must be like a yeah, right. and Frank's like, fully like almost dying. Frank's having an aneurysm in the corner, yeah. and there's like, "Whoa, the mechanics of it is so cool! How he breathing? Oh my god, it's so cool!" Yeah. So then he distinguishes his flame, yeah. and Frank can breathe again normally. And his heart okay, rate, I love you again. His heart rate kind of come back, comes back down to normal. And then Leo's trying not to laugh at him. And then goes, oh, oh wait. Like, his, just the fact that his initial reaction is to laugh at somebody who's genuinely terrified. You're like, why would... And then he goes, why does everybody think I'm an asshole? And you'd be like, why? Maybe because your first instinct is fucking asshole-ish. Yeah. You're like, fucking Because there is a point where you're tell jokes to tell jokes to deflect from the pain turns into tell jokes because you're an asshole because you can't tell when people are in pain. Yeah. It very quickly moves from one to the other. Be like, when you're so detached from your own emotions, you ignore everybody else's. Yeah. Who are very happily attached. Intached? <laughs> attached. Who, whose emotions are intact and are yeah. attached to them. Yeah. Dick, in other And words. then who do we meet right after that? Oh my god, we meet Right him. before Frank can tell another person what his problem is. Yeah. He gets as far as... So I have this... He has a real feelings farm, and I love him <laughs> so much. <laughs> he gets as far as... So I have this stick. And then <laughs> Leo's like, cool, I got one too. Yeah. Come on. And then... Who interrupts? Oh my god. The... Murphish horse people. <laughs> Bythos comes. Bythos and Aphros. <laughs> well, it's just Bythos who comes. No, Aphros is behind him. I thought Aphros was with Hazel. No, no, they both come. Oh, okay. They both well, move together. So, they are the ichthyocentaurs, and let's learn about them, Joe. Yeah. So, the ichthyocentaurs, it's a fucking mouthful, uh, were a pair of centaurine sea gods with the upper bodies of men, the lower forelegs of horses, and the serpentine tails of fish. Different from hippocampi, obviously. Uh, their brows were crowned with a pair of lobster claw horns. <laughs> so they got little pincers. So, they were named Bythos and Aphros. Bythos means sea depths, and Aphros means sea foam. Uh, and they were brothers of Chiron, and like him, were regarded as wise teachers. They were probably derived from the fish deities of Syrian mythology, uh, which carried Ashtart Ashur, which is um, Aphrodite, uh, after her birth, and they were placed among the stars as the constellation Pisces. Hmm. So that's the two fish. The yeah. makeup the Pisces symbol is Aphros and Bythos. 
So they are our deities. They are. We are going to pray to them. Uh, that's why we've never been to Camp Hearthblood, because we have to go to Camp... Oh! oh! <laughs> yep, Camp... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're also referred to as a sea centaur. Uh, they are sometimes portrayed with a pair of pincered arms, similar to lobster's claws, emerging out of their heads. Not just the top of their heads, but like the front. <laughs> yeah. Hey! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in some myths, Triton was also an ichthyocentaur rather than just a two-tailed mermaid, which I laughed a little bit at. Um, yeah, and so he had the... And then there's Bill. Man, he was a legend. <laughs> <laughs> and then in some depictions of ichthyocentaurs, they also had wings on their back. So they were like a hippocampy pegasus with lobster claws. God, it's too much. You're yeah, too it's, much. it's a lot, yeah. Um, and then they had seaweed hair or they had seaweed for feathers on their wings it's a lot it's a lot yeah it's a lot um and then so they were also afros and bythos were also uh two of the uh in depictions of aphrodite's birth they were two of the figures holding up the clamshell that she like came out of right so in some interpretations of her birth she walked out of the sea out of the sea foam in other interpretations the sea foam created a clam way out at sea and then it opened and she was like no and she was just sitting there and it was held up by people who could swim yeah and so those people were afros and bythos because one of them is named sea foam and one of them is named sea depth so they come up from the depths and make the foam oh cute yeah um that's yeah i really like that and that's about as much as i have Afros is the older one, and Bythos is the youthful-looking one. So it's just funny that Afros, the older one, is the one that wants to knit. (laughs) So yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah. And so, yes, we learn from the brothers, they split the group up, Frank and Leo, and get them to tell their truths, and then they do... They basically play... um, Oh... What's that game where you lift your board at the same time and try to get the same answer as your partner? The newlyweds game. Oh, right. They basically play that where they're like, tell us your story and we'll see if it matches. Right. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, they played the newlyweds game with um, Frank and Leo, or their version of it, which is, yeah, just tell us your full story um, on your own. So so it's like, so that you have, you know, no, no way to communicate with each other and lie. And they're like, okay, we'll see if we'll kill you afterwards. And Leo has a butthurt moment situation. Once again, he thinks he's better than he is. And he was like, oh, so the one that I was given to guard me was the knitting homemaker one. And Frank got the trained warrior because apparently Frank's more intimidating than I am. And I was like, yes, yes, he is. He's much more intimidating. He might be a Canadian baby man, but he's bigger than you, Phil. I was like, he's got more skills and more charisma and more riz. Hey, Leo, did you forget that Frank is a child of Mars? A.K.A. fucking Ares. And a descendant of Poseidon. A.K.A. Poseidon. Yeah. So, like, not the Neptune version. Literally Poseidon. Oh, fuck up, Leo. I fucking hate you. Hephaestus <laughs> is a glorified fixer-upper. <laughs> I'm sorry. In all ways that counts. Just thinking of Beckendorf. We love Beckendorf. We do love Beckendorf. We love Beckendorf, we though. May he rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was so fucking hot. I love Beckendorf. <laughs> you kidding me? Imagine that. You're like, babe, something's broken. I got you. <laughs> You'd be like, ah, if I can fix my shit, I love it. <laughs> he would be able to fix your bookcase in two seconds. <laughs> I'm going to build you a new one. That's hot. <laughs> he would have looked good doing it. <laughs> you need to move on. Anywho. <laughs> You're thirsting after a 17-year-old. He was 18. That doesn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> he was ready for college. Fucking nine o'clock. Is it? Oh. Really? Frank got the knitting one. Incorrect. Leo got the knitting <laughs> one. Sorry, of course. <laughs> 
So it turns out this story's matched up, and they basically went, okay, well, you're free to go. <laughs> you have a brownie. Well, he has a, have a brownie. Here you go. Off you go. And it was at that point that I went, oh, they're brothers with Chiron. Oh, Chiron's not as oblivious to the weed game as we thought he was. Oh, he's sharing with his brothers. Oh, they make special brownies. Yeah, because they're like, it's got a special ingredient. Seaweed. Wink, wink. <laughs> Love. Wink, wink. They're like, yeah, this will take you on a really good trip. <laughs> I love that when they're like walking around too that he tries to give them brownies multiple times. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we really want you to take them. Like, so it's either a really bad batch or a really good batch, you know. Well, with when Leo it's so good say, you don't mind sharing with everybody, or when it's so bad that you're like, please take it off. Yeah, you'd be like, this one's a whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rest shows off. A great, a great example though is that as soon as Leo came out of the cave, he literally was like, oh my god, it's like a hippie camp down there. Yeah. I was like, well, you know what's in the brownies. <laughs> <laughs> what I did love was like all the little, um, like, you know, descriptions of everything. And then at one point they walked past a group of like mer people. And I liked that Leo's like, when they turned to look at us, they had like shark eyes and they like stared really creepy. And then they had like shark teeth when they smiled and it was like really unsettling. <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. Okay. Because mermaids are not humans slash fish. No. They are gods slash fish, Those which means... Mostly fish! <laughs> yeah, which means they shouldn't look humanoid really at all. They should look more fish-like, and so I really love that they have shark characteristics, so they're just like, hey. I'm <laughs> 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 shark teeth like... That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking creepy. Oh, God. And just the fact that Hazel was casually conversing with them, and Leo was like... It was also funny because sharks are dead-eye stare at things. They don't blink. So it's just be like... <laughs> Well, I just unwavering attention just, just, and you're like fuck it's falling you're like where's your anxiety where you look at anything <laughs> but the person you're talking to and I really want one wide-eyed shark to be a hammerhead <laughs> one wide <laughs> he's like look me in the eye what's that I love thinking of hammerhead shark because it just reminds me of the one hammerhead in uh, Shark Tale who gets a spoon put in his face and he can't fucking see it he's like where it goes. Where is it? <laughs> well, he's like, did I get it? <laughs> oh, poor guy. They were hazing him. Shit's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's such an innocent haze. Like, he's just got a spoon hanging off his face. Yeah. Anyway. So, um... Yeah. Yep, that's about it. Yeah. So they get brownies and they go away. Yeah. And then they go back up to, um... They go back up to the ship and then something just, like, absolutely gut-wrenching... Is that Percy's like, oh, this doesn't happen in this bit. Yeah. No, they just get shot up in bubbles. That's it. And then the chapter ends. Oh, well, well, they're, well okay, maybe I was imagining it then. Well, you're when anticipating said, what's yeah, happening. Yeah. Well, when they said it's down there, they, they were like, we don't know. Sometimes it's better not to meet the children of Poseidon. We're like, like, there's politics involved. Just imagine him meeting them and being like, because he's so excited to meet them. Once he hears about them, he's like, oh my god, that's so cool. And they're like, I didn't want to meet you. You're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, me. Everybody wants to meet me. He was like, I'm so cool. He was like, oh, I thought we could be friends. He was like, oh, but I wanted to, like, look around, you know. He's like, I'm nice to all the Darians, and I'm, I I want to move all of those monsters out of Forky's fucking aquarium, yeah. and I, I'm good. He was my like, best friend is an environmentalist, and he's trying to clean up the ocean. Yeah. I'm trying to clean up the ocean by extension. Oh, uh, you meet me? He's like, I'm trying to save the fucking world. Do you like the world we live in? And he's like, I can't speak for all the other children beside him, but I'd really like to meet you. <laughs> I'm just imagining him sending like letters, like pen pals. Like, yeah, this is how they'll gain my trust. Or <laughs> we'll be like, here's a Valentine's Day card. Love you guys. Still don't want to meet me. <laughs> Please let me go. <laughs> Still not sure I'm coming. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. the end of the chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the end of the segment. Thank God. Fuck it is. Leo. So next week, we'll be reading chapters oh God, 25 to 28, I think. <sighs> oh God, and we thought it couldn't get worse, but it's now Piper's perspective. Yeah. But I've got something to make At your... least Leo's funny. I mean, Piper's not. I've got oh. something to turn your mood around, Joe. Guess what it's time for. Oh, my God! It's time for Book Club. Slay! So, do you want me to go first, or do yes. you want to go first? You go first. Okay, I'll go first. So, the first thing that I read this month, or last month, was The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins, The Hunger Games prequel. I read it 
because right. the movie is coming out and I need to be prepared because otherwise that movie might have wrecked me a little bit mentally. Mm. And the book was so good, but I can't say very much about it because Joe is mid-book. Yes, so I am. Can't, can't say. And then the next book I'm not going to give the title of because I didn't like it. <laughs> but I will... Wait, wait, wait. Is this the circus book? Not circus. Is it the multi? <laughs> yes, it is. So I read a book. I'll give you the basic premise. Oh my god! I think I read two books. <laughs> I'll give you the basic premise, and the reason that I just won't share the title is because I understand that it's not a book that was made for me. So I'm not gonna like dog it or whatever. But I am gonna say I wasn't uncomfortable. I was just like, mm. <laughs> I was sitting in my chair. You are sitting in the chair. So this book. Was about my water bottle. This book was about. This book was about <laughs> the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and each one was a different demon. <laughs> like different. One was a Sasquatch, which I did not know until I started reading it. One was a basilisk. What? See, there's so much room. I know, I wouldn't sit like this, though. One was a, like, Satan demon, kind of, you know, no goat hooves, though. And one was just, no like, a cloven hooves. Cloven hooves. Cloven hooves. <laughs> there were no cloven hooves present. And then one was, like, a mind control demon. So those were all the boys. The girl that they were all trying to get with, she was a, um... She was a succubus, which is like a, a... A succubus is actually supposed to be like a vampire, so maybe she was an incubus. Because she wasn't a vampire. She was basically just like a temptress. And so, like, the reason that I didn't like this book is because it... I had a lot of problems with consent in this book, so it just wasn't for me. Didn't like it. So I won't share the title, um, but if you've read it and you know it from that description good on you it was a fucking slog for me to get through i'm not gonna lie okay so then the next book that i read because i needed a huge turnaround on <laughs> genre i read a little rom-com it was called the brightest light of sunshine by lizina coney it was very cute it was about a tattoo parlor owner and he was the grumpy and then or more like quiet and reserved and then the sunshine was a ballet teacher and she met him because his little sister goes to the ballet class and then she's left late one night by her mom. So then the teacher calls the brother and then he comes around and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, is there attractive? Yeah. <laughs> and then they become best friends and they become together. And it's really cute. And there is a second book coming out, but I don't know if I'll read it because it'll be from the little sister's perspective and she will. there'll be a big time jump from when she's like five in the first book to when she's however old she is in the second one. So I don't know if I'll read it. That's a bit trippy. Don't know. Um, and then I did some rereading while I was reading, waiting on Chalice of the Gods to come out because I had like a week maybe and I was like, oh, I don't want to read something too heavy before I read Chalice. So I read The Deal by L. <laughs> Kennedy and I read The Score by L. Kennedy, and I read The Incident by L. Kennedy. Because um, those are my favourite ones from the off-campus series, and they still slap. Yeah, they were an easy read. The first time I read them, it took me a couple days, because I was, like, on an island and I wanted to have fun. Yeah. This time, they took me, like, a day each. And mm. it was just quick, easy, fun reads. Loved it, loved it. And then the last book that I read, <laughs> which was recommended to me on TikTok, because I still had, like, a day before... I could read Chalice. It's a book called Roughing the Princess, and it's by Ivy Smoke. And it's about... It's a fan-fictionalised version of events that have transpired between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, and Taylor Swift, obviously, international pop star. Um, it was a very quick read. It took me maybe an hour overall. Hmm. The first, like, 75% of the book took me, like, 40 minutes, and then I went to sleep, and then I read the, like, the rest of it the next day. Um, it was funny, but it was also, like, the reason it was quick to read is because there was not a whole lot of, like, imagining going on of what happened. It was mostly just a play-by-play of everything I'd already seen on TikTok yeah. leading up to Taylor Swift being at the Chiefs game. Yeah. So, it was fun. 
it was like you know it was whatever and then the last the bit that i didn't read because i went to bed didn't know this woke up sex scene for the rest of the 25 percent of the book were you disappointed though i was sitting next to you as i read it (laughs) it wasn't that good um but the author did write it in like three days yeah. And there was definitely no editing that went on. No. Because she gave Taylor Swift's character the name Tova with a V. Like that's Tofu, not, but Tova. That's not a name. And then she gave Travis the name Talon. There's so many other T names that she could have had for a boy. She could have had Taylor. <laughs> she could have had Trevor. Fucking Trevor. Travis. Could have had, well, Travis is his name. Oh. <laughs> could have had Tim. Could have had Tom. Could have had Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's what i read joe what did you read tony sorry i'm oh, trying tony, to think that's good <laughs> tayden tate yeah uh tarzan <laughs> <laughs> oh god fucking trevor, <laughs> trevor. um i read a total of two books this month yeah, I always get to this time of year. I like I read a lot at the beginning of the year, and then right. I get to like I get to like halfway through the year, and it just goes from reading about five or six books a month to reading like maybe one, maybe <laughs> one. I read two uh, in September. Huzzah! Yay! For Up me. by fifty percent. Actually, job, let me rephrase. I read one full book, yeah. which was I read it as a reward for trying to read another book. So I read the offside. I got 70% of the way... The offside. Or just offside. So offside, whatever it's called. The Rules of Game series, whatever. Mm. Yeah, that one. One You you did recommend it to me and you said the first one's not as good as the second one, but you have to read... in one. I think so? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it the was, second one's good. It was one of those stupid scenarios, yeah, where you, it's like, the first one's okay, the second one's better, but you have to read the first one to understand the second one. And it's like, well, what if the first one sucks? I don't want to read it. <laughs> And it's true, it sucks. So I got 70% of the way through and then I got sick of both of their attitudes. And I was like, I can't read this anymore. It's driving me crazy. Because <laughs> I read to escape. I don't want to read about a realistic man. And by realistic, I mean he's controlling, manipulative, aggro, um, petty. He's not pretty. <laughs> This wasn't the main character, this is an extra one. But he got a lot of airtime, and I was like, I don't want to hear about him anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And she was being a pussy. I was like, fucking hell. I was like, the storyline where she was like, the way I keep control of the situation is I keep talking to him. And I was like, no, you stop talking to him, you cut him out of your life, and you move on. And multiple characters were saying that to her, and she was like, no, I've got it under control, it's fine, I'm playing the victim to its full degree. And I was like, I can't listen to you anymore. You're an idiot, this is how you get murdered. And harassed. I was like, I can't do it. Fuck off. Fuck right off. Anyway, so I stopped reading at 70%. But to reward myself for even trying, because I very rarely, I like, I feel like I don't read new books because I don't like the outcomes of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I read books before you. Because like, oh, I'm like, it's a tried and true method. If Kate thinks it's except a, for this one book, well, usually it's like if Kate thinks it's a good book, I'm okay to read it. So you probably could read the second one without reading yeah. the first one, but like, it's one of those like well, because I it's think... interconnected. The second one gives away the ending of the first. But one. if you're not going to read them, that's fine. You don't know. You might want to. I don't know. <laughs> No, but it was like, the reason I was still gung-ho to do it was because, um, what was that other one that I read? The one with the, the it's the th- three in the series. Playing for Keeps. Consider Me. Unravel Me. Yeah, those, yeah, see, I read those ones, and I wasn't a big fan of the first one, but you're right, it got better and better with each book, and I was like, this is good shit! So, and the first one wasn't absolutely awful. Like, no, I didn't finish the first one. Like, but I finished it. <laughs> and I was like, no, you hated it. Because every time you came back to talk to me about it, you were like, fucking Carter, I can't fucking stand it. You were so annoying. <laughs> I can't fucking do it. <laughs> I guess I just couldn't do it again. I was like, I refuse to read. because his name's Carter in that book as well, like, isn't it? Or his last name is? That's no, well, that's another thing. A lot of them have all the same names. Chase and Carter and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, be 
creative and picked a different day. I'm so fucking annoyed. Like, you could have called the guy Bailey and come up with a cooler girl's name. Actually, Bailey's a pretty cool girl's name. But still, why is his name Chase? Why is every guy's name Chase who plays hockey? Because he's chasing after that puck. <laughs> Give a fuck. Let's like, have some creativity. Okay, so what other book did you read? And then as just, a reward for not finishing that book. I read this part of my books. <laughs> The second book, because I read the first one, the other one. <laughs> slay. Yeah. Super slay. I love that for you. I wanted something familiar. <laughs> and I was just like, I and by familiar, I mean I've read it before. And I knew Multiple it. times. No, no, there's only the second time I've read it. No, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the third time I read it. I don't think it's the fourth. I think it's the third. No, I think it's the third. Anywho. Maybe you just talk about it a lot. I just do talk about it a lot. <laughs> it's obviously on the brain. You're like, they've got a spur. <laughs> I'm like, they purr. It's so weird. They're blue. He's <laughs> blue. <laughs> You're like, they're big and hockey and strong, but respectful. Oh, speak of my language. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Anyway, so that's what I did. If anybody wants to send us an email, then we are damnstackbarpod.com. If anybody wants to find us on the Instagrams or the Twitters, then we are at damnstackbarpod. If you want to find us on the TikTok, then we are katie.damnstackbarpod. And if you want to guest on a future episode, there is a link in our description for a Google form. Go and fill it out. Pick which chapters you want to come for. Message me because I will not see that you filled out the Google form. I don't get notified. It should come through my email, but it does not. So that's really fun for everybody. Joe, where can they find the rest of us? Oh my god, guys, it's linked below. I love that for us. Come back next week. We're reading chapters 25 to 28 of the Mark of Athena. Get around it. You are allowed to say your quote one more time. Becky, you sloppy little blizzard. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>